You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the story of Ashanti Billy, a 19-year-old woman who was kidnapped on September 18, 2017, in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Ashanti worked at a sandwich shop on a naval base. The day that she was last seen, Ashanti was scheduled to be at work. Surveillance video showed her car arriving on the base, but Ashanti never made it to work. Five days after she vanished, her car was found, but there was no sign of Ashanti. Six days after that, Ashanti's body was found in Charlotte, North Carolina. She had been murdered, and her body had been left in a wooded area behind a church. The man who allegedly murdered Ashanti is a retired Navy veteran who had been harassing Ashanti for weeks before he kidnapped her. Ashanti's death shattered her family, but they used their strength to help other families of missing people. And a year after her murder, the Ashanti alert became law. This is Ashanti's story. How many of you have heard of the Ashanti alert? If you haven't, don't worry, you're not alone. Most people are not familiar with the law that was passed in 2018 and named after the victim in this week's story. When Ashanti went missing in 2017, there was no national alert system like the Amber Alert for adults under 65 or older teenagers like Ashanti. The Ashanti National Alert System was to be the Amber Alert for adults. However, even though it was passed in 2018, it would be years before it would actually have the funding that it needed to operate. The first time that I saw it being used was just this past week when a woman named Shanita Yor Lewis went missing in Newport News, Virginia. Virginia State Police issued an Ashanti alert for Shanita, who they said was an extreme danger. Sadly, Shanita's husband was charged with her murder a few days after the alert was issued. And although Shanita's story ended in tragedy, 
I was happy to see that the alert was being used. And I hope that more states will implement these alerts soon, especially when young Black women go missing. This alert can be an extremely valuable tool that can help save lives and help us find missing adults sooner. Although Ashanti herself did not benefit from the law named after her, her death is not in vain. And the Ashanti alert, if used by all 50 states, could be a game changer for many families. In 2017, 19-year-old Ashanti Billy was a young woman who had just moved to Virginia Beach. After graduating from high school in Maryland, Ashanti moved to Virginia Beach to attend culinary school. According to her family, it had long been her dream to open up her own bakery. And so going to culinary school was the first step in that journey. Both of Ashanti's parents were in the Army. And so as a child, Ashanti and her parents moved around a lot. According to the Washington Post, they lived in Germany, Texas, Alabama, and New York before settling in Maryland, where Ashanti would attend and graduate from high school. Unlike her parents, Ashanti would never be able to join the Army because she had been diagnosed with epilepsy. Ashanti's parents eventually divorced, but they maintained a healthy co-parenting relationship because they wanted to make sure that Ashanti always felt comfortable no matter whose house she was at. And that shows you how much Ashanti's parents really loved her. I mean, if you've ever had to co-parent with someone, then you know that it can be, well, let's just say challenging. And you know how hard it is to get on the same page with the other parent. So having the ability to give your child that stability despite a separation is really a commendable thing. According to Ashanti's mom, Brandy, Ashanti was one of the good ones. In an interview with Pilot Online, Brandy said that she would always tell Ashanti that. Ashanti was Brandy's only child. However, she did have six siblings on her father's side. But it wasn't just her loving mother who felt that way about her. No one who knew Ashanti had a bad word to say about her. After being accepted to the Art Institute of Virginia in August 2017, Ashanti moved to Virginia Beach. She had found an apartment, which she shared with roommates, which, according to her family, was working out well. And Ashanti got along with her roommates. Ashanti also had a boyfriend at the time who was in basic training in South Carolina. And her mom said that they had a great relationship, too. Not long after moving, Ashanti got a job at a sandwich shop called Blimpies, which is a franchise. They have them all over the country. Now, Ashanti had been hired as an assistant manager at Blimpies that was located on Joint Expeditionary Base Little Creek Fort Story, which is a naval base in Virginia Beach. And when she told her dad about the job, he thought it was a good idea. As a military man himself, he thought that working on a base would be a safe space for his daughter. And so he wouldn't have to worry about those early mornings when she was opening or late nights closing. In interviews with the local paper, the Williamsburg Yorktown Daily, her father said that, quote, we really felt comfortable with our daughter being on the base because we saw it as a safe environment. Ashanti, however, had a different reason why she thought it was a good idea. Her father said that Ashanti saw it as a way to give back to military members. She could earn some money to pay her way while also doing something for the people on the base. 
It's obvious that despite taking a different route than her parents, as the child of two people who served in the military, it was something that she held close to her heart. And working at a base just made a lot of sense for Ashanti. In September 2017, Ashanti had only been living in Virginia Beach for a few weeks, but she had already seemed to be settling well into her new life there. She was working and attending classes. Her boyfriend was going to be graduating the next month, and so Ashanti had been making plans to attend the ceremony. And so, like I said, things were going well for Ashanti. She was beginning to spread her wings as a young adult. And Everybody knew that her future at that time was bright. They had no way of knowing that someone was going to take her future from her. On September 8th, 2017, Ashanti was scheduled to work. And she was supposed to be at the Blimpies at 5 a.m. And she left her apartment complex at around 4 a.m. to drive to the base, according to reports. Ashanti was going in especially early that day to clean the store for a health inspection that was taking place later on that day. Now, Ashanti had not been working at the store very long, but she had already proven herself to be a very reliable person. But when her coworker, who was scheduled to come in about three hours later, arrived at the store, Ashanti wasn't there. According to her coworker, who spoke to Pilot Online, When he called Ashanti's phone to see where she was and what was going on, Ashanti didn't answer her phone, but someone else did. Her coworker said that a strange man answered Ashanti's phone, and he told her coworker that he had found the phone in a dumpster in Norfolk. The man who answered the phone told the coworker that he thought it was strange finding the phone in a dumpster because it was in perfectly good condition. He said that he took it in hopes that the owner would call looking for it. Now, another coworker told a similar story to Crime Watch Daily about the man answering Ishanti's phone. Now, the second coworker said that at first she didn't really think much of it and figured that maybe Ashanti had just lost her phone. And, I mean, that could have happened. I mean, I literally just lost my phone on Friday. But it didn't explain why she also didn't show up for work when she was supposed to be there early to clean for the inspection and why she hadn't reached out. By the time the first coworker had shown up at the store, it had been at least three hours since Ashanti was MIA. Now, later that day... Ashanti was supposed to attend classes at the Art Institute, but she also didn't show up for her classes. Now, it was clear at this point that something was off. Ashanti had not only missed work, but she had also missed class, and her cell phone was being answered by some strange man claiming to have found it in a dumpster. It's not clear how or when Ashanti's parents were notified about her not showing up to work or class. But as soon as they found out, they contacted the police and they drove from Maryland to Virginia to search for their daughter. They knew that something was wrong because this behavior was completely out of character for Ashanti. Within hours of Ashanti being reported missing, police had begun their search for her by trying to locate her cell phone. 
which had apparently been found by someone who said they found it in a dumpster. Now, according to the reporting, when police traced Ashanti's phone, they located it inside of a dumpster. Now, the phone was initially found by a construction worker, so that part was true. But I'm not sure if he put the phone back in the dumpster, and if so, I don't know why. But the dumpster was located only four miles from where Ashanti was last known to have been. Now, it was the first unsettling piece of evidence that police would find, and it came within hours of Ashanti missing. In an effort to get information out about Ashanti missing, her mom, Brandy, turned to social media and made an emotional plea from her Facebook page that day. And she begged for any information about her daughter. A distraught Brandy, through tears, begged for her followers to please pray for her daughter. The clips from that video are heartbreaking. The day after Ashanti went missing, her story was picked up by local media. The story of the missing college student was a mystery, but when the story of her disappearance first ran in the media, they didn't know whether or not Ashanti had ever made it to the base. They only knew that she was last seen leaving her apartment. But not only was Ashanti missing, her car was also missing. Ashanti drove a 2004 cream-colored Mini Cooper. In the days following Ashanti's disappearance, her family had been searching all over the Virginia Beach and Norfolk area for any sign of her Mini Cooper. Five days after Ashanti was reported missing, investigators got their second piece of significant evidence when Ashanti's Mini Cooper was found parked on a cul-de-sac on the 9500 block of Lakeshore Drive in the Ocean View section of Norfolk. Now, the person whose home it was found in front of said that the car had been there for at least a few days, but that he didn't know that the police were looking for it. When the car was found, it wasn't parked exactly against the curb. The doors were unlocked and the windows had been partially rolled down. Inside the car, on the passenger seat, was the key to the vehicle. And in the back of the car, they found several items of clothing. Ashanti's Blimpy's work shirt, a pair of dark-colored pants, and one shoe were found. Court documents say that the shoe and the pants appeared to have been removed together because the shoe was still inside of the pants leg. The pants were also dirty and looked as if they had been pulled off while Ashanti was on the ground. And underneath the vehicle, they also found dirt and debris consistent with the car having been driven off-road. Now, after the discovery of Ashanti's car in Norfolk, the FBI and NCIS joined in on the investigation of Ashanti's disappearance. And a $10,000 reward for information was offered by the FBI. Shortly after the FBI reward, Blimpies, the company that Ashanti worked for, also offered a $10,000 reward, bringing the reward total to $20,000. Both investigators and Ashanti's family had hoped that this would help them find information out about what happened to Ashanti. 
despite having found her cell phone and her car, investigators at that point had no idea where Ashanti was or what had happened to her the day she disappeared. Three days after Ashanti's Mini Cooper was found, police released surveillance footage that captured Ashanti's car entering and leaving the naval base. Now, at 4.44 a.m., surveillance from the base shows Ashanti arriving at the base. In order to enter the base, you have to show ID. And so we know that it was, in fact, Ashanti that arrived that morning. Now, the gate that Ashanti would typically go through to drive to Blimpies had been blocked by a car accident. And so at 4.46, two minutes after driving through the gate, Ashanti is seen leaving out of that same gate. Now, Ashanti had to drive around to a different gate, which was a short distance from the original entrance that she went in. And so at 4.58, the footage captures Ashanti entering the second gate in her Mini Cooper. In all three of the videos of Ashanti's car, the person who is driving is wearing dark-colored clothing, which is what Ashanti was said to have been wearing that day. Now, also, like I said, you need ID to get on the base. And so we can confirm that it was Ashanti who arrived in her Mini Cooper that morning. Now, at 5 a.m., two minutes after she entered that second gate, Ashanti's car is seen on surveillance circling the Blimpies. And then at 5.33 a.m., over 40 minutes after Ashanti arrived at the base, her car was seen on surveillance leaving the base. But this time, however, the person driving the car was wearing light-colored clothing. It was clear almost immediately that whoever drove the Mini Cooper off the base at 5.33 a.m. was not Ashanti. So... Who was driving Ashanti's car? And where was she? Do you want to hear something that I found kind of shocking? Since 2020, two out of three people report feeling extreme stress, and it's affecting their sleep and affecting their overall health. These days, stress seems to hit us from every possible angle, in any environment, at any time, day after day. Unfortunately, all that stress can have a serious impact on your immune, digestive, respiratory, and cardiovascular system. And, of course, it can do a number on your cognitive and mental health. Wouldn't it be nice if you just had an off switch? An easy way to reboot and reset so that you could quickly find a calm, clear, and positive way to handle whatever life throws at you. Enter Just Calm the breakthrough new stress and mood support formula from Just Thrive. Yes, the same Just Thrive that produces our favorite probiotic. Here's what makes Just Calm so radically different from anything that you may have tried before. It's the first retail available supplement to feature the proprietary psychobiotic strain known as BL1714. Psychobiotics are a new class of products that utilize beneficial bacteria to support your best mood, cognition, and emotional health. And BL1714 is the most heavily researched and scientifically verified strain available. In fact, 
Numerous studies have shown that BL1714 can be an absolute powerhouse in the fight for your mental well-being because it quickly promotes a healthy response to everyday stress, encourages a steady, serene, and balanced mood, drives mental clarity, focus, and alertness, and even supports great energy and optimal sleep. Imagine being able to turn down the noise and turn up the calm with one addition to your daily routine that takes you seconds to implement. And it's all natural. This is true stress management support that's built for the modern world. So bring on the insufferable rush hour traffic, the deadlines and mounting pressure at work, and the relentless miles-long to-do list. With Just Calm, you'll have the power to take on the day feeling cool, collected, and in control. Paired with Just Thrive Probiotic, this is one dynamic duo for proven gut immune mood support to help you live your best life. If you're ready to up your game and feel your best, you can get 15% off both Just Thrive Probiotic and Just Calm or any other of their scientifically proven products when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code GIRLGONE at checkout. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon. On September 18th, 2017, 19-year-old Ashanti Billy went missing. That day, she was scheduled to work and had planned to go in early so that she could clean ahead of an inspection. But Ashanti never made it into work, despite surveillance capturing her arriving at the naval base where her job was located. Five days after she disappeared, her car was found in Norfolk, Virginia, with her clothing in the bag. But there was no sign of Ashanti. In the days following her disappearance, there were more questions about Ashanti's last movements than answers. And when police released surveillance footage showing her car leaving the base driven by someone else, questions about what happened to Ashanti after she arrived on the base increased. Ashanti's parents were devastated by the idea that in a place where they thought that their daughter would be safe, Something had happened to her, and now she was missing. By the time the footage was released to the public, both the FBI and Blimpies were offering a $20,000 reward for information. But up until that point, no one had come forward with any information. When Ashanti's car was found, it was processed for evidence, but whoever had left the car parked in Norfolk had wiped the car clean, and police had only been able to retrieve one partial fingerprint. Now, Ashanti's family, as well as people from the community, had been searching for Ashanti. Dozens of people showed up to try to help the Billies bring Ashanti home. During the days following her disappearance, Ashanti's mom had held out on to the hope that Ashanti 
would be found alive. She said that her instincts were telling her that she was out there somewhere, and she prayed that her daughter would come home. But 11 days after Ashanti was reported missing, her family's search came to a devastating end. On September 29th, 2017, landscapers working on a field behind a church in Charlotte, North Carolina, discovered the partially nude body of a woman. The body was located near a wooded area in tall grass. The body had already begun to decompose, indicating that it had been there for a while. The victim wasn't wearing pants, and her underwear was located near her head. Her arms were raised and were bound inside a dark-colored sweatshirt, and she was lying on top of a plastic sheet. A plastic glove was also found near her body. And she had no stab wounds or gunshot wounds. And so when police arrived at the scene, they couldn't tell how the woman had died. And when the Billies received the news of the body being found in Charlotte, they prayed that it was not Ashanti. I mean, Charlotte, after all, was a five and a half hour drive away from Virginia Beach. But... Within hours of the body being discovered, it was confirmed that the body was Ashanti Billy. Ashanti's parents had their hearts shattered. At just 19 years old, someone had murdered their daughter. And although they were happy that they would be able to lay Ashanti to rest, their fight was far from over. It was now time to find the monster who destroyed their lives and took their daughter. The FBI also vowed to not stop until Ashanti's killer had been found. The day after Ashanti's body was found, a special agent from the FBI working on the case released a statement that in part read, Our community should know that our work does not end here. Now, our mission is to bring justice for Ashanti, and we will be relentless in our efforts to find out who did this to her. We will not rest until the person who robbed Ashanti of her life, her promise, and her future is held fully accountable under the law. The same day that the FBI released their statement, they began to interview people in the area to see if they had seen anything. And... That's when they discovered that several people had seen Ashanti's car around town at various locations during the week of the 18th. It's not clear if they recalled seeing anyone driving the car, however. During their investigation, detectives and FBI agents working the case interviewed several witnesses, including people who worked on the base and Ashanti's co-workers at Blimpies. The police believed by that time that Ashanti had, in fact, been kidnapped from the base. During those interviews, investigators learned from Ashanti's co-workers about a quote-unquote suspicious man named Eric Brown. According to the workers at Blimpies, Eric Brown came into the Blimpies on a regular basis. Eric, who was a retired Navy vet, was known to frequent not only the Blimpies, but other places that were located in the same building as the restaurant. 
According to Ashanti's co-workers, he wasn't just hanging around the base. He was being a creep. And he had made many of them, including Ashanti, very uncomfortable. They said that he came into Blimpies almost every day and would make sexual advances towards the female workers. They said that he came into Blimpies so often that they figured that he must work at the laundromat next door where he also spent every day. But he didn't work there. However, he had served 21 years in the Navy, and so that's why he was granted access to the base. And so, although he wasn't working on the base, he wasn't doing anything illegal by being there. The workers at Blimpies recalled Eric trying to flirt with Ashanti on several occasions, and they witnessed him making comments to her about her body. After learning about Eric's behavior, the FBI had begun surveilling his movements. On September 27th, they observed him on the base where he stayed in the gym and locker room and the laundromat. The next day, he was observed leaving the base. Ironically, the day after Ashanti's body was found, Eric Brown was arrested in Norfolk on trespassing charges. He had spent that evening after leaving the base with a sex worker. But after his plans with her fell through when she had to leave, Eric had left the hotel and had begun walking up the interstate where he was confronted by police. Eric refused to speak to police and was ultimately arrested for trespassing. Uh, During booking, he put Charlotte, North Carolina as his place of birth and told the police that he traveled back and forth between there and Virginia. He also gave them an address in Norfolk, but they were unable to link him to that address. And they soon learned that Eric Brown was, in fact, homeless and that he had been sleeping at various locations, both on and off the base. A few days after his arrest by Norfolk Police Department, the Virginia Beach Police Department issued a warrant for Eric's arrest on charges of soliciting a prostitute. He was held in jail until he posted bond, but Eric never posted bond, and so he remained in jail. As investigators dug deeper into Eric Brown and his alleged behavior, they began to realize that they may have their suspect. And so the fact that he was in jail and had not posted bond meant that they knew exactly where he was when they wanted to talk to him. The first time investigators interviewed Eric Brown was on October the 10th. And during their interview, detectives asked him if he had heard about what was going on on the base where he spent every single day. And he told them that He had not heard anything, but then he said that he had heard something about a quote-unquote disappeared girl on TV while he was at a laundromat. He, however, denied knowing Ashanti and denied having anything to do with her disappearance. Eric remained in jail after not posting bond, and investigators continued their investigation. They knew that Eric's behavior was strange, but... At the time, they had no concrete evidence to link him to what happened to Ashanti. 
And two weeks after Ashanti's body was found, she was laid to rest in Maryland. At the time, Ashanti's cause of death had not been determined, but there was no question that she was murdered. The public was unaware of what police had learned about Eric Brown. And as far as they knew, police were still looking for any suspect. And investigators remained tight-lipped about the progress that had been made or the fact that they were narrowing in on a potential suspect. On October 27th, the media released new surveillance footage that had been taken from a residence on September 18th. At around 5.40 a.m., minutes after Ashanti's car is seen leaving the base, her car is caught on camera at an intersection in Norfolk. The footage captures the driver of the car, who was about 5'9 and was wearing light-colored clothing. At the intersection, the driver got out of the car and tossed something into the construction dumpster. No one else was observed in the car. And a few hours later, construction workers found Ashanti's cell phone in that same dumpster. The surveillance footage confirmed for the public what police already knew. Ashanti had not driven herself off that base. The person who was driving was 5'9", and Ashanti was only 4'11". It obviously wasn't her. The release of the video to the public, however, would help police get one step closer to making an arrest. Four days after the media released the video, the FBI received information about who was driving the car. In a phone call with the FBI on October 31st, 2017, a man told the agents that he had seen the footage from the residence and that He wanted to report that the person observed getting out of Ashanti's car and throwing her phone in the trash was Eric Brown. Now, the person who called was a construction worker who had worked with Eric. Now, Eric had spent some time working as a day laborer, and they had both worked on the construction of the Blimpies that summer, coincidentally. He told the agents that, he could recognize it was Eric by the way he walked, and the clothing that he was wearing in the video was clothing that he had given to Eric. The information that had been given to them by the caller was really just confirmation for the investigators because that same day that the surveillance footage was released, Eric Brown was interviewed again, but this time it was by the FBI. And Eric told a very different story than the one he had told to the Virginia State Police just a few weeks earlier. Now, the agents questioned Eric about his whereabouts on September 17th and 18th, and he confirmed that he had been on the base. He told agents that on the evening of the 17th that he had been walking around the base. He said that he walked from one gate another gate, but that he had blacked out during his walk and that he could not remember what he did for several days after that. Now, when agents asked him about Ashanti's abduction and murder, Eric told them that 
he couldn't remember if he had done anything to Ashanti and that he couldn't say if he had done anything to her or not because he just couldn't remember. Now, after speaking with Eric again, agents got warrants to search Eric's phone. Now, during the time that Ashanti went missing, his phone records showed that Eric had used his phone pretty much every single day except on the 18th, the day that Ashanti vanished. Uh, His records also show that he had been on the base from the 14th to the 17th. Now, alongside his phone records, agents also reviewed surveillance footage from the base during that time to see if they could follow his movements on the base. They looked at the cameras from every gate and found no sign of Eric leaving the base between the 14th and the 18th. But that wasn't entirely surprising because his phone records had already placed him at the base during that time. However, Eric did leave the base because on September 19th, surveillance shows Eric arriving back on the base that afternoon. and. Once he was back on the base, he made a series of questionable web searches on his phone. He looked up things like police looking for man, Norfolk police looking for man in connection with homicide, missing woman and baby, missing woman and man. He also searched news sites in Charlotte. And those searches took place eight days before Ashanti was found there. Investigators knew then that The reason why Eric wasn't seen leaving the base was because he didn't leave on foot like he normally did. He left in Ashanti's car. On November 2nd, 2017, the lab in Charlotte released a report on the evidence that they had been able to collect from Ashanti's body and clothing. The report showed that unknown male DNA had been collected on two articles of clothing, Ashanti's hoodie, and her shirt. The DNA was compared to Eric Brown's, and his DNA was a match. There was no doubt for the police at that time that Eric Brown was the person who allegedly kidnapped and murdered Ashanti. And police, after weeks of investigating what happened to Ashanti, announced that an arrest had been made. On November 7th, Eric Brown was arrested and charged with kidnapping Ashanti Billy. The evidence against Eric was overwhelming. They had witness statements, phone records, web searches, DNA, his own confession about blacking out for days and being unable to remember whether or not he had done anything to Ashanti. And not to mention, the church where Ashanti's body was found was a church that Eric had attended when he was growing up and was 300 yards from where his childhood home had been. There was no doubt that the police had the right person, but despite all of that evidence, Eric Brown, to this day, has not stood trial for Ashanti's murder. In December 2017, 
prosecutors requested a psych eval for Eric Brown, who, according to them, had made, quote-unquote, bizarre statements before his arrest. And guards at the jail where he was being held reported that he had been exhibiting unusual behavior. That month, however, prosecutors had also obtained new DNA evidence that made their case against Eric Brown stronger. But he was ultimately diagnosed with schizophrenia in June 2018 and was declared incompetent to stand trial by a judge. He was placed in a lockdown unit and forcibly medicated. But even after being forcibly medicated, Eric's condition had not improved, and a judge has not deemed him competent to stand trial. After Ashanti's murder, her family was determined to do something to help families like theirs when an adult family member goes missing. In the months after their daughter was found, the Billies led the call for a national alert system similar to the Ambler alert system for adults between the ages of 18 and 64. They turned their pain into purpose, and with the assistance of their congressman and a state delegate, they were able to have bills sponsored at the state and federal level that would create the alert system. And it was named after Ashanti. In December 2018, the bill became a federal law. When the bill was passed, Ashanti's parents released this statement. We, the parents of Ashanti Billy, are eternally grateful by the signing of the Ashanti alert. Though our hearts may get heavy at times, God reminds us that her life was not in vain. Through the passage of this law, there is the potential to help missing adults be reunited with their loved ones. Until the abduction of our beloved daughter, Ashanti, we were unaware that there was no notification system in place for missing adults. The Ashanti alert will work in a very similar manner as both the amber and silver alerts, there will be specific criteria that law enforcement officials were required to be met before qualifying for the Ashanti alert. As with the standing up of any new law, specifics and processes are the next step, and we eagerly await more guidance and information from the Department of Justice. Our daughter was truly a blessing to us, and now, through the Ashanti alert, she can be a blessing to others. The implementation of the system has been slow, thanks to a lack of funding and education to states on how to implement the system. But Virginia, having passed the law at the state level, was able to implement their system and has been the only state that has been successfully using the Ashanti Alert. This past March, Senators Mark Warner and Tim Kaine were able to help in getting $1 million to help in the implementation of the National Ashanti Alert System. Hopefully, that money will help, and more states in the coming months can begin using the Ashanti Alert. Ashanti was just 19 years old when she was brutally murdered. And... Regardless if Eric Brown is ever found competent to stand trial or not, there will never be any justification for what happened to Ashanti. She just wanted to go to school. She wanted to be a chef and own her own bakery. And Eric Brown took that from her and her family. But 
Through her parents' strength and determination to help other families, Ashanti's memory will live on through the bill and alert named in her honor. The Ashanti alert has already saved lives, and it can save many more. The Ashanti alert is not just for missing Black women. It's an alert designed to be used for all adults who've gone missing between the ages of 18 and 64. There is still work to be done to bring more awareness about the Ashanti alert. And if you're interested in where your state is in the process of implementing the Ashanti alert, reach out to your senator or congressman and ask them. Ashanti Billy deserved more. Her death is a tragedy. One that could have been prevented if there had been more security on the base. And despite who is allegedly responsible for her death being arrested, her family is still waiting for justice. May Ashanti Billy rest in peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. It also helps our show grow. As always, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, a typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.